gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Startup Soiree Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Reif, bringing it to you from Pixelated HQ, uh, our, our friends that provide the greatest branded marketing experiences in the world. I know you guys know about that. Um, yeah, so July 1st, we had Startup Soiree last night. We were talking to Chris Sachs about building a business inside of a niche and how you can't see it unless you really study a niche. So stick with it. It was a good talk. I'm hoping some people there were there, here, there, listeners were there. Um, so some of you will hopefully have run into uh, today's guest over some of the startup soirees that we've had this year. Uh, he and his business partners have been hanging out with us quite a bit. It's been uh, it's been really fun getting to know them. Really exciting to uh, see their project start to come to light. Um, it's something that everybody in Baltimore is going to know about very shortly. Um, and yeah, we've been I've been I've been hammering on him to to come and talk to me for a, a really really long time, and he's finally here. So whatever. Without further ado, Kyle. From Startup Nest, welcome Thank you. to the Startup Soiree podcast. Appreciate it, man. Uh, it's definitely an honor. Uh, I know you've been on my heels about it for a <laughs> while, and uh, you know, truthfully, it, a lot of things in life are about timing, and I'm very respectful of that. I'm very patient when it comes to that. Yeah. So I feel like now is the right time. I'm all for it. I think it was. I think it was a perfect <clears throat> waiting period. Um, so I know you're a fan, I know you listen, I know you're a subscriber of the podcast, so you know the way that it goes. Um, let's jump off with a little background about yourself um, and maybe what you've done leading up to sure. kind of the nest and what you're going to be doing now. Sure. So, um, hey everybody, my name is Kyle O'Connor and I'm the founder and CEO of the Startup Nest. Um, let's just start from the beginning, man, like just take it back to... I guess where I grew up, I'm originally from Columbia, Maryland, um, and I come from an entrepreneurial family. Um, it's in my DNA, man. Like, I can't imagine anything else in life that I'd rather be doing than taking my own destiny in my hands and creating revenue and, and some type of business, uh, you know, in, in life. But, um, you know, talking about my family, both of my parents' fathers, when they got out of World War II, started businesses. So my dad's dad went back to Brooklyn, New York. He opened up a chain of um, laundromats in 1950s. Who knows? And my family's going to get on me when they hear about this. But um, he later in life went on to open up a auto body shop and, you know, continue to work that for the rest of his days. And then my mom's dad uh, opened the first center for sickle cell anemia in Dayton, Ohio. And, you know, that was like my first, that's as far back as I know in my family in terms of entrepreneurs. And then you come down the generation, my mom and her partners started the, I was just on the phone with her to make sure I got this right. So mom, make sure I get it right. Uh, my mom and her partners in the early nineties opened up the very first women woman-owned and African-American-owned coffee roaster and wholesaler in the entire country. It was called uh, Roasters on the Hill. They were killing it in the 90s. 
And um, that was my very first taste of like entrepreneurship, like first, like, like firsthand. You know, that was like my first job. I was like 11, sweeping coffee beans off the floor for my mom. And I just felt like a sense of pride because of the fact that she she owned this place. And people like, it's almost like I, I would really um, relate it to like Dovecoat. You know, the way, like the passion that Aisha and Cole put into it, like at that shop is what my mom had. So I can easily go in there and like relate and, and vibe with like the artwork and everything that's going on. And then later in life, um, I started my first business when I was in college. I was 21 as a graphic design firm in 2006. And literally three weeks ago, we celebrated 10 years of being in business. And my dad was my very first and still is my business partner in that venture. And this kind of gets into, you know, your question on, you know, what I've been doing up until Startup Nest, you know, I've always been following like the entrepreneurial path. Like ever since we started KO Classic Productions, like it was really about just the hustle, you know what I mean? Just understanding the, the, the craft. I never went to business school. I never went to school for graphic design, yet it was a passion that I took upon myself and me having a competitive background. Um, my goal in life, whenever I'm working on a project is I'm gonna outwork anybody that is running with me, whether you're on my team or, or you know, you're on the other side, we're just gonna outwork you. And that is something that I pride myself on. Like when I walked in here and talked to you, I told you I'm going off of one hour of sleep. That's because I wanted to be prepared for our meeting this morning at the Nest. And um, so, you know, in my travels with KOCP, we've, we've worked with a lot of folks, NAACP, um, University of Maryland, Virginia Tech. We did a, a quick run with Nike and uh, some NBA players. So that was something that uh, has continued to take off. And to be quite honest, like we're killing it right now. I really don't talk about it too much in my interactions here in Baltimore just because I'm solely focused on the startup nest and what we're doing. Um, and then that led me to my next venture in like 2011. We started a mobile payment application company. So what you guys see with like Apple Pay and Google Wallet and Samsung Pay, we were doing that like three years before they even hit the market. And I think I told you and Nick this when we first sat down for lunch at Riley's, you know, the, the fact that we were like literally breaking through a new industry in Washington, D.C. And essentially we got to the point where we were raising some Series A funding you know, we were crushing it at all these conferences, getting, you know, recognition and things of that nature. And we got to the point where we're literally term sheet is on the table and we're just one signature away from get, landing a seven figure uh, Series A round. And uh, we get a call from our attorney and he said, don't sign that paper. And we're like, what's going on? Ultimately, the firm that we were going to be working with was just not reputable and I'll just say it in that in that way and the deal fell through um, it was something that really like crushed me because like people that know me I'm very loyal I'm very genuine and like I told you before like I, I'll give it my all even if I know that I'm not gonna win at the end of the day and we didn't win so I, I bring that story up every time I introduce the startup nest because um, it's real life. Like entrepreneurship is not about always about the roses and the peachy, you know, 
the fluffy stuff. It's hardcore. Like being an entrepreneur is hard, man. Like, you know, you understand you guys have, have seen your ups and downs here at Pixelated and, and you know, you guys just know what it's like and any entrepreneur that is truly committed to what they're doing gets it. So hit the fan, it's the darkest six months of my life. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, what's gonna happen? Luckily I have KO Classic Productions, it's paying the bills, things are good. And um, that was that was rough. Like I literally had moved back home with my mom and dad. By the time I moved in, my grandmother had taken my room, so I'm sleeping on the couch. I uh, I sold my car. I um, you know I essentially left a great situation with two of my best friends. You know, and now I'm going to their house sleeping on the floor simply because I was committed to this project. And then when it hit the fan. It was like, you know, where do we go from here? So ultimately, you know, I took some time off, reflected on it. And, you know, I sat back and I was like, man, like, I'm still blessed. Like, we're still experiencing great success with my first business. Everybody's going to take their lumps along the entrepreneurship route. You know, we need to we need to take a look at this whole process and figure out how can we or other entrepreneurs avoid those type of pitfalls. So essentially, I sat back and I thought about it. I'm like, man, I'm 10 minutes from Baltimore. I spent most of my youth in Baltimore. I have a lot of friends down here. There's so much culture like here in Baltimore. So I called my partners up. I'm like, look, guys, you need to take a trip down 295 and come down here and check out the city because there's so much going on. So long story short, you know, we ended up cultivating what is now the startup nest. And the original concept was, or the original, I guess, feeling that it came from was we don't ever want to let any entrepreneur experience what we just experienced because we're passionate about it. Like people who go into their craft, like they, they experience a certain level of joy, pain, anger, you know, just everything encompasses entrepreneurship and we wanted to be a part of that. So I always preface the startup nest with that story because I want people to understand that, you know, anybody can tell you good stuff. Like, yeah, we've done this, we've sold a company and all these other things. That's that's cool, that's great. Every entrepreneur wants to get there, but it's the war stories that I think add tremendous value to a person's testament and the story behind a brand so that people can understand like hey these guys know what it's like to be on that side and they also know what it's like to be on the side of success so that's the uh the long walk around the block where i started cool man good job um so I really, like, we're going to dig, we're going to talk about the nest a lot, but I'm just curious about KOCP a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, like, what are your, what are your kind of core products in that, in that business? Yeah. So, we've originally started out with, like, photography and graphic design. We've now expanded that to anything from web development to mobile app design, mobile app development. Um... You know, we do some consulting in terms of brand management. In fact, um, I'm not going to say who she is, but one of your earlier interviewees reached out and asked if uh, I can come guest lecture one of her marketing classes. Awesome. And um, 
I thought that was a, a very good gesture. And um, so those are those recently. Yeah, I know you're you, you know, about probably know. Who I, had, I got the invitation yeah. myself. Sweet. Actually. Yeah, I, I listened. I, I listened to that one. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, those are like the core services, like mobile app development, mobile app design, and also in the web, the web area as well. Awesome. And it's been ten years. Ten years, it's dude. Been ten years. So how has that? How has your business <coughs> changed? So ten years of doing digital work, ultimately. I mean, know, like, and where it hits the space, you know, like creative and, and et cetera, et cetera. But like, I mean, digital has—it's gone from. I mean, what were you doing in two thousand six? Right. Uh, we were using like the first product I used, Photoshop Elements. And it was just like something that you probably can't even find today. And then we moved to like the the first Adobe Creative Suite, and um, that's when I was first getting introduced to like WordPress and Joomla and all these other platforms that you know are are pretty much like standard nowadays. So that was sure. kind of what we was working with. Right, almost gone. Right, pretty I mean, much. Pretty much. WordPress is probably on somewhat limited time. Nothing stays the same forever, right? Nope. Back when I used to have my blog on Blogger. Oh, man. I wasn't too big a blogger, man. I just uh, wish I had the time. What were the other big ones? Blogger was a huge one, obviously. What were the other big blog platforms? I'm, like, forgetting them all now. I mean, there was WordPress.org. Or, yeah. So great. So yeah. great. Um, awesome. <clears throat> so... The idea behind like the startup nest, like what is the startup nest? Yep. You know where where is the startup nest? Why? Yeah, so startup nest is a small business incubator and accelerator. Um, you know our core focus is to really help entrepreneurs navigate the waters of uh, of entrepreneurship. You know whether it's providing them access to uh, co-working space or uh, providing them access to workshops, seminars, training opportunities to better their skill sets, um, to access to capital. Um, you know, we feel like we've t done a pretty good job at putting together a sound group of core services that really speak to the needs of of, uh, of entrepreneurs and, and I think you know uh, I want to give a shout out to my partners Marcus and Marcus uh, Howard and Dion Henderson who have um, you know added a tremendous amount of value to this project and you know uh, obviously the uh, the proof is in the pudding and, and there's a lot of uh, good things that we're looking to announce in the future but where we're located we're located in the Carroll Camden district Gaslight Square is our is the property that we're on, and we uh, we have a pretty nice size footprint down there. And when will it be open? When do we crack the champagne bottle on it? We're cracking them soon, man, and I'm excited. So I don't want to give the date here because we have a big announcement that I literally just left a meeting from. But by the end of the summer, let's get the flutes out. Awesome, we'll be over there. <laughs> Riding yeah. bicycles, we should do some kind of bicycle ride. I'm down. Because it's such a great bicycle zone for sure. And apparently it's good for longboarding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All day. Yep. So what do you see in terms of, you know, like Baltimore is definitely not a city that is um, a stranger <clears throat> to 
you know, incubators and accelerators. Yep. Um, but it's also like a very big city, and the ones that we have here are, they're fairly small ultimately, and they serve a pretty specific kind of like niche person inside of the city. What do you guys think about when you talk about bringing your brand and bringing your ideas into like, you know, like who are you looking to kind of be working with? What are your expectations around the types of businesses that you'll end up attracting? Yeah. You know, like. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, technology companies are probably the most prevalent now. You know, you see a lot of tech companies popping up throughout the city. Surprisingly, we've gotten a lot of inquiries from ed tech companies in the educational field. Um, you know, we are also getting some inquiries from the art side of the house. So one of the things that we've spent a good amount of time is doing a very detailed feasibility study to understand the landscape here in Baltimore. We're very mindful of what some of the other organizations are doing and what lane that they may operate in. And, you know, essentially, I think that Overall, the city is is doing a, a pretty good job um, in that space, but I also feel that we provide value of not only the industries that we're focused on, but the networks that we're bringing from outside the city. I think that's a true testament to who we are. In fact, you know, we had a meeting with uh, uh, with a, a political group. And one of the members of that organization basically pulled us to the side and said, you know, where did you guys come from? Because you just come with a different angle than some of the other um, organizations in the area. And, you know, we respect that. So, you know, ultimately, it, I'm going to just put the elephant in the room, like on the table, like we just look different than, you know, our competitors. And I think that is something that we... I don't want to say capitalize on, but it's something that's that's just out there. Um, you know, I think that's a very important piece as well because, you know, a lot of the city, I'll just put it like this, the incubator and co-working and accelerator space in Baltimore isn't as representative as what the city demographic looks like. And the only reason I want to press on that pretty hard is because we were literally just talking about this was it's an economic issue it's an economic issue because you know i just read this stat the other day that by 2018 more than 2018 more than 50 percent of people under the age of 18 will be black and brown folks and that's two years less than two years a year and a half from now and then by 2040, the general population is going to make that shift. The minorities are going to be white people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and you know, the only reason I, that I'm, again, I'm pressing on this is an economic issue because the U.S. only represents 5% of the world's population. And if we don't start to become inclusive of, like, everybody, like, all hands on deck. Sure. Well, we look at the policies that we're you know talking saying? about and the policies that we're, like, ignorantly fighting to keep in place mm-hmm. and the policies they're they're literally 24 years away from being irrelevant to the body of people that they're governing yeah not like a little irrelevant like they become like totally wholly and completely mm-hmm. out of context with what's happening like mm-hmm. i mean the, 
I mean, it's it's pretty intense when you, when you when you think about it is you know institutional. I don't like when I get. I'm not trying to be like you I know you. like incendiary, right? <laughs> but like at the end of the day, you know, like I don't want to like really talk about apartheid, but like you kind of. I mean, there's a lot of relevant stuff yeah. that, that make those things look very similar to one another. Yep. I mean, we've got. We've got like laws on the book that we're like obnoxiously arguing to retain mm. that are delivering us into a place where the system of governance literally will be will be like developed to like suppress the majority of the body. And it's right. like and it's not like hundred and fifty years away, you know, like it's you know, it's, it's when our children it's when our kids are gonna be teenagers. Not teenagers, but in their in college, right? Yeah. When when your kids and my kids are graduating college to go like have their influence in the world, like it's gonna be it's gonna be different. Yeah. It's gonna be totally different. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. Sorry, we just got heavy. I know, y'all. Jeez, the weight. Um. <laughs> so so my question is, how how do you get to the people that have been underserved in our city for so long, mm-hmm. uh, like? I mean, one, how do you, you know, like, certainly there's on, there's onboarding like every step of the way, right? Whether it's getting the concept known and, and, and perceived as something that is for the majority, right? And like making, you know, like, what does it take to make people want to come to your space, right? What does it, make to, to, it take to make people want to stay and invest in your space, yeah. like, how do you communicate to them that really what you're trying to do is provide an opportunity for you to invest in them? Right. Um, which is like hard as shit to believe, right? Like a lot of those things are hard to believe because yeah. Baltimore hasn't had anything like that for right. like so, so long that like you can't just like say it. Like you've got to like, there's a lot of deliberateness that has to be enacted and, and able to like right. challenge the systems that are in place to accomplish your goals. What do you guys have in mind for how, like how that, how that happens? Like where the rubber hits the road. Well, I'll say, you know, let me be abundantly clear that it's it's really about um, spending time equally across the board. You know, to have an inclusive inclusive environment does not mean that you just go after people that have not been gone after in the past. You really truly have to look at it, take a couple steps back and look at the wide lens to say, hey, inclusion means inclusion from A to Z. And so we are spending a significant amount of time in working with organizations, whether it's on the west side of town, whether it's at the college level, whether it's at the high school level. And in fact, we're in talks with um, uh, uh, a board of education in having a summer program for entrepreneurship at the middle school level so you really have to kind of like take it from a to z like it's i think it would be a disservice not only to our company but just the whole ecosystem if we're just like we're gung-ho and we're going this way like it doesn't make sense you know we're all about yes we want to develop talent that's being underrepresented but we also want to work with people that really have the talent and good ideas and just need the access right. you know what I mean so it's really you know it's hard to you can't just put it in a box and just leave it there you kind of gotta open it up and look at the whole the whole landscape yeah I'm really interested in like the the workshop mm-hmm. 
side of of like the skill the skill building classes mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily like trying to teach someone like a, a new set of skills so much as is give them the skills that they need that are complement what they're already like really right. talented at right. like I love this idea I mean there's just so much latent talent like there's mm-hmm. so many good ideas that just need to have like the the top popped off of them and yeah. let them like do their thing I mean. Like there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of great ideas that are yeah. sitting in our city mm-hmm. and they just don't like they're just not being like nurtured in the right way right. and that's an amazing thing when you think about it right because ideas change the world all mm-hmm. the time and this idea that we have so many and that we're going to get to them yeah. and we're going to really like help them become whatever they could like really aspire to be right is uh is a cool thing. Well, yeah. Let me let me also say this. Like, you know, I think you touched on a good point. Like, we don't necessarily want to, you know, recreate the wheel for a lot of these folks. We really want to focus on if you have an entrepreneurship opportunity. Like, what are what are your current skills? You know, one of the other uh, uh, businesses or organizations that are on our property is uh, uh, an organization that focuses on reentry programs. And that is something that, again, society is just going to have to face up, that a lot of these individuals come out of the prison system or the juvenile, um, uh, the juvenile system, and it's just like, where do they go? Like, what skills do they have? How can we best use that? Because I'm sure that, you know, there are certain manufacturing companies in the city that are just looking for a workforce. You know, you may not, not everybody's going to learn how to code. Not everybody's going to learn how to do a website or create an app or whatever they people don't even a lot of people don't even have that interest you may have the idea but to put in the work is totally different so why can't we just focus on what skill sets people have and kind of maximize that as well yeah make it make sense inside of the market yep i love and i i notice this more and more now um i think because i because you know i'm in business and i've been in business for a long time but the amount of like renegade businesses that mm-hmm. operate on the street every mm-hmm. single day in Baltimore, like mm-hmm. the pop-up shops, yeah, are just like there's just so fascinating. You yeah, know? like it's such an entrepreneurial city. Yeah, because you know, I think Shelly, it was Shelly uh, Blake Plock from Yet Analytics that mm-hmm. said it once. He's like, yeah, you know, like I'm always out in like Silicon Valley, and people are like, you know, like what's it like to be an entrepreneur in Baltimore? And he's like, you know what I tell him? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, everyone's an entrepreneur in Baltimore because, like, Baltimore doesn't have anything. You have to have a side hustle to make it. It's yeah. like, it's not like like an entrepreneur in Baltimore. It's like, it's just being, it's like, that's called being from Baltimore yeah. because everybody is, like, hustling. Yeah. They're hustling. They're hustling to, to get their thing going. Um, so you talked a little bit about kind of, like, you know, like the, the vision for it and like what you're looking at, kind of like the core companies being, whether it's like co-working or workshops or seminars um, or whether it's kind of like introductions to capital and, and really uh, understanding, which I think is a space that is, you know, I was just talking with Dana about it and she was just saying that something that is so valuable is that like mentor but mentorship but from like a firm point of view not like you can do it or you should think about trying to sign this kind of client so much as like 
here are the three different ways that you could structure this very specific thing and this is how you, you know, like you've got scrappy bootstrap companies and then they get firm and it's time for them to start to scale but like the processes that need to be put in place between like a a sound but scrappy small business and like a business that can scale are significant and those aren't the kind of things that you can necessarily just kind of intuit. Like it definitely has a lot to do with who you get to ask questions of. Um, So in terms of that like nurturing process, is that something that you guys think about like bringing to the model in terms of like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really, that's like the core skill set of who my partners are. Um, And they have time and time again have proven past performance of taking a company whether it's a concept or somebody that has already had revenue generated to the next level. We actually had an individual come in today who sat down with us and we started talking about their business and you know there's some there were some holes in the concept but we could see the need there for somebody that was just looking for that guidance that you were talking about, that mentorship. Mm-hmm. And that was just a firsthand example, literally right across the table as to, this is what you do on a daily basis, why not apply it here in the form of our services uh, and just kind of throw it in the mix with everything else that, we, that we're doing. Awesome. How did you meet your business partners? Funny, man, long, so I met, uh, I met Dion first and uh, I actually went to Dion as an inve- for investment capital. Uh, and you know, when you guys, I'm, I don't want to tell his story because he has a very interesting story as well, but went to him, pitched him uh, for our mobile payment company. And the long story short, word for word, he looked at me and said, you're not ready to work with me. And I was like, damn, like, we just met like can we like you know what I mean (laughs) it was just hardcore like advice and that's just who he is and I and I thank him for that because for ever since that moment I've paid attention to the fine-tuning in business like the, the the stuff that people don't necessarily like focus on whether it's like how to write a performa or like are your projections realistic when it comes to the finances i'm just using this as real world examples because this is what he was focusing on with us and it was like man like his acute sense of like detail like i just absorbed it and ultimately he said hey you know what i love the concept i see where the industry is going i want to work with you guys so he did he ended up investing and then ultimately we become business partners and then along the way it was more of like a mentor mentee type of relationship until i got to the point where i said look dude i'm just going to outwork you and i'm going to be better than you and i think he took that from took that on the cheek the same way that i took his first comment to me on the cheek and ever since then we became almost like brothers in business and um and, you know, Marcus has always been his par- partner along the way. You know, they've done some big projects like Broccoli City and some other projects down in the D.C. area. And, you know, we just it, it just was a natural fit in terms of their core skill set, what the, the startup nest actually needs and, and how that how we all can apply. it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so before we go, I want you to make sure that you let everyone know 
um, how they can get in touch if they're yeah. interested in the nest, uh, when they should keep their eyes roughly peeled for mm-hmm. some info, mm-hmm. and maybe like a good spot to follow along, um, mm-hmm. like maybe an Instagram handle, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So check us out at uh, thestartupnest.com. We've got a ton of information that we have on there about who we are, what our core focus is, uh, some of the services that we'll be providing, uh, the story about you know what we want to bring to Baltimore from a um, less of a business uh, mindset, more of a philanthropic mindset. And um, so thestartupnest.com, we are on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we've been very intentional on uh, being low-key under the radar in terms of our marketing, but now you're about to see a lot of posts and tweets and all that good stuff. We're not on Snapchat yet. Gotta get on there so we can get the filters, you know, through uh, the pixelated guys when we go to the events. But uh, again, the handle for Instagram and Twitter are at the Startup Nest. And, yeah, and if you're interested in reaching out to us, you can always uh, email us at info at the, con- the at the startup nest or contact at the startup nest. And who is who are the ideal people that would come and get in touch with you? If you are a entrepreneur that is just looking for uh, true relevancy in the form of. Um, you know, skills that can help you get to the next level, whether it's, you know, you're looking for space to operate out of, um, you are looking for workshops and seminars to better your skill sets, you're looking for access to capital, or you just want to be in a creative environment that, um, that, you know, best suits your needs, definitely check us out, man. You're going to be hearing a lot more about us. Uh, I'm super excited that this was our first true press opportunity um, with Patrick and, and, uh, and these guys, but you're going to be reading a lot about, uh, about us, and um, I'll just leave it at that because there's more to share. Yeah, thanks for the scoop. Yes, sir. All right, last thing. Tell somebody, where, where is everybody listening? What's your favorite hike in Baltimore driving distance? Don't, tell, don't take me down to Fairfax. I know that there's some beautiful oh, yeah. stuff down there, but where, where, where's your local hike? Dude, I hit a Patapsco like all day long. Matter of fact, uh, man, what think, is it? think hard. These people are gonna go there. I can. Then they're gonna come find you. And I'm gonna say, really, you like this one more than that one? Oh, you're gonna kill yeah, me. Yeah, I'm gonna with, put you on it. Kill me with this one. Uh, I'm just gonna rebrand it. The waterfall trail, right. <laughs> the one that has the waterfall and that goes deep in the woods, like. And uh, Patrick's alluding to, I'm an outdoorsman, man. So if any of you guys want to go set up like a meetup hike, let's do it, man. Hips- I'm coming too. I'm on it. Nice. Kyle, uh, tall praise, man. Thank it, you. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to know you. I'm excited to see what you guys are going to do. Um, it's been really fun getting to, to hang around you and Marcus and Dion. Um, great people that, uh, that have really great intentions. So excited to see your success that no doubt going to happen the city needs what you guys are trying to do so thank you thank you um all right y'all that's the deal um if you're looking for an amazing new spot for your business (laughs) maybe you should check out the startup nest um it's a beautiful building i can tell you i've had some sneak peeks so i know how rad it is and it is rad um Aside from that, head over, you know, add them up on Instagram, uh, get ready to add them up on Snapchat so you can follow along. 
I'm sure that they're gonna have some parties and events and things that you're gonna to wanna to check out as it opens up. So make sure that you are in a position to hear about it and not be told about it the next morning when your friends went. Um, aside from that, I hope you're hitting the subscribe button. If you haven't yet, be sure to hit it, whether you're listening on iTunes or on SoundCloud or on Stitcher or on YouTube, they've all got subscribe buttons and you can hit them. Um, also, if you have a few spare moments and you don't mind, head over to the iTunes store and leave us a quick review. Um, your reviews help iTunes serve this podcast out to more people, um, which helps us get our stories uh, of these great businesses in our great city out there, helping us really add the context that is relevant around Baltimore City. Aside from that, um, I hope everybody's having an amazing summer. Please keep taking care of each other. Peace.